Hi, and welcome to Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ian. And I want to learn. What would you like to learn about today, Ian? Why I fail at money. Or... (laughs) Or credit. Credit, I guess, is the better term. Why non-existent fake money is screwing everyone's life. Uh-huh. Why it's... But your life. This is specific well, to Well, I, I mean, sure. But I also feel like just being a millennial at this point, it, or, or uh-huh. literally anyone ever. But I feel like you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, right? Like, if you don't have credit cards, if you don't have credit, you can't buy a car or a house because people are like, well, you don't have good credit like you don't have any credit but then if you yeah. if you do have credit then they're like well your credit's not good enough and it's like but right. but i've i've never missed a payment on my credit and yet i have terrible credit because i've used right. a lot of my credit and it's like but isn't that the point of credit is for me to use the credit and i'm paying you back for the credit like you're winning I'm losing. Why am I in all red? Why do I have a bad credit score and I can't get a nice apartment because because I'm paying you back? No, there's. I mean, okay, sure, sure. You could make the argument that like you should pay back your student loans, but let's not go down that road. <laughs> Those aren't supposed to count this, against this stuff. This is a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. I don't know if I can cover all of this. So credit. You're. Your your prompt to me was originally like where like it comes from like what does this whole idea come from yeah well I mean yes that's credit. what I want to know but I you know I went on a little right a little side right. rant there yeah so I got I got some more of that other ladder part right, the credit right. but so you can't you can't solve my financial woes uh no Google did not tell me how to solve Ian's financial woes <laughs> so we can't do Ian wants to learn how to solve his financial woes and you'll just advise me you work for a bank you yeah. should be able to tell me these things this show will just be like personal advice for yeah, you yeah yeah nobody's gonna get anything from it but me but that's alright well before we get into that it's been crazy here in New York the last couple of days it ha- yeah, oh has it yeah yeah the wildfires oh in yeah in Canada came down with the the smoke in, in, in LA we call that summer yeah yeah it, well I <laughs> I don't know. Like, so it was, it was really bad. Like the air quality was bad. They were like, you shouldn't go outside. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's just called daily life I just in think, LA. I don't know. I just felt like it was funny. It reminded me, it was like a um, blast from the past. Like we, everybody had masks on yeah. like early days of the pandemic when people cared. Well, and you've heard that Fox is saying it's woke smoke, right? Right. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Cause I, when it first, this started, I was like, this is kind of fascinating because I saw more people than had been like the last you know several months wearing masks and not going outside. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fascinating. And I was like, I wonder how much of this has to do with the fact that it's like very visible, right? It's not like COVID where you can't see it. You don't even know where it is, whatever. You went outside, the whole earth was like sepia tone, (laughs) like orange, right? Like it it looked ridiculous. It looked crazy outside. Like you could taste smoke. Like I I felt like it it was going into my eyeballs. I could like sense it, right? And I'm like, I guess it's just a funny thing about how if it's much more visible, we're much more likely to take it seriously. Sure. Even if temporary exposure is not really that bad. But no, we just went right back into the, you're wearing your face diaper for the woke smoke. I, You know, like people just losing their shit about, I shouldn't have to wear a mask. I should be able to go out. And it's like, you can't just like, 
oh, you know what? It looks kind of shitty out. I should just stay home for today. Also, no. nobody's telling them they have to wear a mask. Right. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to, bro. It's your lungs. But it's like a couple days. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, you know what? The air quality is really bad. And I go outside and I'm like, oh, you know what? I can I can smell it. Yeah. You know, it's not any worse than like a campfire. But like, I feel like, do you just sit at a camp and you're just like huffing the smoke? Like, because you're like, it's not hurting me. I can suck it, do it. I can take it. I want to be the guy the smoke can't... goes right to. <laughs> you pussy, you can't inhale some smoke. You bitch. From the smoke. I smoke 30 oh. packs a day at once. <laughs> Uphill. Oh, that was the funny thing. Like, you see the smokers, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, you're, you're just double dipping, huh? You're out just <laughs> <laughs> smoking in the smoke. Different tastes, you know? One's one's a nice pine, and the other's a nicotine. Oh, yeah. I wonder that that might, uh, yeah. yeah. Adds a little flavor to it. Enhance the flavor a little. Uh, it is it is <laughs> funny, though, to live in L.A. and to see, like, the other side of the country, like, oh, my God! And I, I, like, yeah. I have had moments where I it has been essentially snowing ash yeah like i remember god this was like around when i moved out here 2008 2009 i was driving down i want to say vine which is like a highland which is one of the really big streets in in hollywood and so like you're driving down this hollywood street la guy i'm (laughs) and and the sky was like red and ash is just falling and it was like wait is this the end of the world? Mm-hmm. And since then, that has happened at least five times. Yeah. Where it's like red sky, ash falling. I mean, I, I would give myself some credit. I mean, when I first noticed it, I was like, oh, that's kind of fucking wild. It looks really weird outside. Right? It's kind of cool. But though. then, like, the next day, like, I just had, like, I'm just walking to pick up lunch and people all have their phones out taking it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're all aware of what's here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you took a picture of a building that looks slightly oranger than the day before. Hey, man, you got to document it. Yep. I guess so. <laughs> you got to get those, get those, get those clicks, get those yeah, legs. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Although the picture of the Diablo advertisement. No, with that. The, the orange background. That's good. That's a good picture. You can't That's worth taking. pay for that kind of advertising. And doesn't it even say, Welcome to Hell, New York? Yeah. yeah. This is New York, Welcome to Hell. Yeah, because yeah. all the buses out here say, like, LA, Welcome to Hell. And you're like, We know. Yeah, we're like, Welcome. We've been here, bro. Uh, <laughs> welcome to you, I guess. Um, uh, it is pretty cool advertising. I, they lucked into that one. So, yeah, yeah. I do have a quick update. Okay, wait, what is the update about? It's about Lil, Lil Uzi Vert. Ooh, Lil Uzi Vert. For those of you that don't know, go listen to some of our... Bo- we have. I think we have a Lil Uzi bonus episode on Mr. Vert. But <laughs> sure did. But, but Mr. Google Vert. Mr. Vert. Google <laughs> Google Mr. Vert. Lil Uzi Vert. Google Lil Uzi Vert and Head Diamond. Yeah. Just Google it. Or go listen to our Diamonds episode. <laughs> so Paramore was playing here? Ah, yes, Paramore. Madison Square Garden. And apparently he joined them on stage oh. for like their big song. Oh, do they have a song Mystery together? Business. Oh, that's no. He just joined them on stage as you do at Madison Square Garden. That's it. Just show up. Celebrities are so wild to me. Was he invited? Just- Maybe he was invited. Well, I don't know. Well, apparently that was the first time they had ever met. Oh. Well, he is apparently a big fan of Paramore. Well, good for him. And he joined them on stage at Madison Square. He looked high as fuck. I saw the uh, video. He was absolutely high. The man put a diamond <laughs> on his forehead. He's always high. <laughs> Does he still have the diamond on the forehead, or did that go away? I forget. No, I don't think so. I know so. it got ripped out, but then I don't know if he put it back right. in. I don't think so. <laughs> I imagine uh, it's healed over by now. I don't know. It just popped up in my feed because the algorithm yeah. knows everything uh, about me. So it was like, <laughs> oh, this guy likes pop punk, and he know- he's talks about Lil Uzi Vert. He wants to hear about this. <laughs> he loves Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> and he lives in New York, so all of it's together. Um, Have you ever seen those... 
I've seen them online and they're like little like jewels or like they're like little you know little plastic jewels but you put them on a cattail and it like covers their butthole no I have not you've never seen, seen these no. <laughs> I mean I think it's like a joke product but like <laughs> little Uzi Birch just, I would hope <laughs> I mean you know I'm sure they can still poop I don't think it's glued on it just kind of so that when they put their butt in your face you don't have cat ass you know, you've got a little, you've got a little pink uh, plastic uh, diamond. I mean, or whatever. can you can you call yourself a cat owner if you haven't had cat ass in your face? Well, no, but that's why you go out and get the little butt gem. You know, so does so the gem it... cover the? So if they have to poop, does, does the poop just graze the gem? Now you see, I have not, I have not gotten too deep on the cat butt. Uh... <laughs> there we go, cat butt jewelry. That's what I'm. I'm oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> this accessory turns your cat's butt into a glittering jewel. Why couldn't you ask me? Ian wants to learn about cat astral. I mean, now I'm ready to. Now I'm ready to learn that. Instead, I got to do research on credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there you go. There you go. A little cat, cat butt. Thanks for showing me a picture of. This. Yeah, of a cat butt with a jewel over it. I'm just saying, little Uzi Vert could transfer the jewel either to a cat butt or his own butt. <laughs> That's what all of this was for. Just to get to oh, there. Man. Just to get to there. You're welcome. Oh, look at that. You can get a pet butt cover that looks like a, a sheriff star. <laughs> oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> it's only $5. <laughs> uh, twinkle tush. Oh, man. All right. Sorry. You can probably pay for it with credit. Huh? I hope you don't need five dollars in credit. <laughs> well, maybe you buy like a whole buttload of them. I'd like to no see fun. that loan application. Use use of funds. <laughs> To start my Cat twinkle butt company. Anal jewelry. <laughs> Let's learn about credit. Yes. I promise this. So <laughs> we didn't record. We skipped an episode. So we've clearly got the goofballs here. We do. We do. Um, yes. We'll learn about credit. It's actually fascinating. I hope people don't just say, oh, now they're going to talk about money. Fuck this. Yeah. I would say if you're listening to the show, the likelihood that you have problems with credit is high. So keep listening. <laughs> Yes, because it's all people we know in our age range. Yeah. So credit, CNBC, JSTOR, uh, Business History Review Journal article from JSTOR, Time, Equifax, and the Federal Trade Commission and Vox sources. The idea of debt has mm-hmm. been around for centuries. Sure. Thousands of years, really, even before the invention of money. Dinosaurs. <laughs> no, I don't think oh, they have it. okay. Wait, before the invention of money? Yeah, before coins and paper money, okay. you could have debt. I guess you'd be indebted um, to somewhere. Okay, like the concept of debt. Yeah. Okay. Like you owed someone. Right, like you helped uh, me the, scoop my cow's poop, so I owe you a favor kind of thing. Right, or just even like a bartering system. Like uh, okay. you, you would say like, oh, okay, you know, if you give me this now, I'll give you back this in you know, a certain it. amount of whatever. So. There's a the Time article uh, that I mentioned as a source. They reference a book that's actually kind of interesting that I kind of want to uh, take a look at. It's by David Graeber. It's called Debt, and it basically goes through the history of the concept going back to ancient agrarian empires from over 5,000 years ago. Oh, wow. He even argues that ancient works of law and religion, words like guilt, sin, and redemption, come from ancient ideas about debt. Interesting. But it also used to be a very unsophisticated thing, this idea, a very informal thing. Like uh, a storekeeper might ask for their friends and other merchants to vouch for them to get a loan from a bank. There was a lot of like hearsay and rumor. So like a storekeeper might be like, oh, I want a loan from a bank. 
And then they would get their buddies and like their other business owners that know them to tell the bank that they're good for the loan. It wasn't uh, like now where you have like scores and all that stuff. Yeah. It was just. You mean they didn't have credit karma back then? No. There was a lot of hearsay and rumor and it went into just whether you provided or didn't, you know, would, would you you'd be able to pay back? And in the 1820s, it started to modernize. Okay. Oh, in okay. In 1841 in New York, there was a business founded called the Mercantile Agency. I or Mercantile Agency, whichever. Yeah. It was one of the first commercial credit reporting agencies. It would collect information about lenders and borrowers across the country. This is going to be U.S. focused, but we could do a little bit. We'll have a little bit global sense. But you basically had to subscribe to this service with the Mercantile Agency. So you had to pay for good credit. Yeah. So, well, so it was like they would gather information. This is primarily for like commercial lending. So like a bank would be like, oh, we don't know who we can loan to. We don't know who we could trust to, to loan money to. So they would pay this company to basically gather information about everybody, like businesses all around, mm. to be able to supply that information to the companies that want it, right? Okay. Before this type of entity came around, businesses in Europe and America, if they wanted information about people, they'd have to hire agents or like private investigators, basically, mm. or speak to local associations to get information to protect themselves from you know, losses or whatever. Yeah. There was another similar entity around the same time, a competitor called the Bradstreet Agency. Okay. The idea of having a whole company to do research on all these entities, it came about because there was a depression in 1837 that related to merchants' overextension of credit. They got burned, so they wanted to come up with like a system, right? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. These people, they would gather information across the country and they collected it in like huge paper ledgers. That would be housed in New York City. Okay. I'm curious. I assume these still exist somewhere. They must. Unless the person that was running the room also ran Donald Trump's server room, in which case they've all been lost. <laughs> yeah. Political joke. Good job. Good Thank job. Thank you. They collected a lot of information on these people. Marital status, ethnic background, credit history, age, gender, and moral character. Moral they were, they character. Were, moral character. We're in 1830s. So 1830s. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Not yeah. a Christian piece of shit. Yeah. And the people collecting the information were, you know, 1800s white dudes. Of course they so were. the the reports were not great. No. Doesn't own enough slaves. One credit reporter in Buffalo said, "Prudence in large transactions with all Jews should be used." Oh, good. And one reporter in Georgia described a liquor store as a low negro shop. Oh my god. Basically the modern idea of credit was an early form of redlining. Yeah. Already locking out minorities from getting credit. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. I believe that. So this system is basically racist from the start. America. Yeah. All this stuff they were collecting, all this sometimes random information, some of it was not even really actionable in any real sense. Like there'd be some reports where they would do a report on a guy and it would say he has a reputation for being a bad guy, but he also has a reputation that he comes from money. And it was like based on nothing. It was yeah. just based on like rumor. A <laughs> reputation. Different people. Right. Eventually, the mercantile agency came up with an alphanumeric scoring system. Oh, joy. So they wanted to basically quantify this gibberish yeah. into a score, right? You mean dehumanize people. Yes. Yes. Well, they also, I think they started to realize that stuff like that, you know, were like, oh, he's he's kind of not a bad, not a good person. But, you know, people say he has money. Yeah. This 
very abstract stuff, like you could kind of weigh that and be like, that doesn't really add much to this, right? Yeah. So the Mercantile Agency was later named R.G. Dunn & Company, and it merged with the Bradstreet Company to form Dunn & Bradstreet, if you've ever heard of that company. I have not. It is still around. Oh, it's a business it information and research company done in Bradstreet. By the end of the Civil War, this whole idea of collecting all this information is getting very big. You have basically mass private surveillance of anybody and anybody that you can get like yeah. information on. And this information is being documented and shared, and they have this rating system. And then it really starts to take off in late 1800s when department stores and large retailers started to really blow up. Mm. To attract customers, they would offer to sell big items like furniture, and cars, things like that, via installment loans. So they needed to make sure they'd get paid, so they collected information about their customers, and then they'd send it to a local credit bureau, and that information was collected. Then it really just took off from that point. Before this point, consumer, like, consumer credit really wasn't like a thing. Yeah. It was only when... like big department stores and more access to like things like automobiles, like things, big ticket items. Right. Yeah. In the 1960s, there were more than, yeah, just a little bit. There were more than 2000 credit bureaus across the U S. So you think of now we have basically three major credit bureaus. Yeah. At the time in the 1960s, there were more than 2000 each with masses of file cabinets full of paper credit histories, basically on people. So if you have 2000 different companies, that presumably all have info on different people, right? They don't all have the same people. How there's probably some combination. Sure, but, yeah. but like, how are they all meeting and making sure that there's like a regulation in the credit world, or is that kind of like eh, depending on who you're with, your credit's better or worse? Yeah, I mean, basically, it was a lot of these were credit managers for retailers, so companies around the country were assessing credit worthiness of buyers. So it's like and, Macy's Credit Company and Penny's Credit. Right. Co- okay. Right, like individual retailers would have like their own credit management department. So your credit wasn't like it is today where it like impacts every aspect of life. It was really just if I'm shopping at Macy's and I want credit at Macy's, they're going to look into me and see whether or not I deserve Macy's credit kind of thing. Right. Like so my they, credit only applies did, to the one company. They did start to share the information. But obviously, with so many different credit bureaus, like it wasn't really like it is now. And what started to happen is they were still using techniques like Dun and Bradstreet had used to assess credit, uh, credit worthiness of people. But then over the next couple of decades, these 2000 bureaus shrank to just five over just a few decades. Like, is that buying each other out or merging or? Yeah. So the larger bureaus would buy up smaller ones. And then a big thing happened. Oh, God. Computers. Computers. So now it became much easier to merge and combine credit bureaus mm-hmm. and put all that data into computers so that it was much more shareable. You could document a lot more. The computerization was actually a big deal. It had critics. It had oh. people who were very upset about this idea of putting your information into a computer. Well, sure, they knew Y2K was coming and was going to wipe it all out. (laughs) One company called Atlanta's Retail Credit Company, this will be important, Atlanta's Retail Credit Company, was founded in 1899. Okay. It built files on millions of Americans over 60 years. The info that they had was on credit, capital, character, social lives, politics, and sexual activities. What the fuck? How? Okay. So it wasn't just money, credit, 
it was character, social life, politics, and sexual preferences, activities, etc. Jesus Christ. They collected everything. So 1899, and then that same firm in the 60s said they were going to start putting all that information into computer records. And people were like, it's a threat to civil liberties to put this information into a computer. And there was a big backlash. Good. That backlash resulted in congressional action, you know, back uh-huh. when Congress Congress would do stuff. Yeah. People would be, like, upset, and Congress would be like, oh, we should do something. We should listen to our constituents. They matter. Yeah. That's, it's really quaint. It's fun yeah. to well, read Well, it was before like corporations this. turned into people. Right. Yeah. So Congress passed the Fair Credit Reporting Act in okay. 1970. This is a big deal. It required bureaus to open their files to the public to expunge data on race, sexuality, disability, and to delete negative information after a certain amount of time. Oh, okay. So this is a big thing that kind of changed a lot of that, whether someone was a good Christian type of yeah, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah, the bullshit. Whether they were black or whether they were gay, you know, like, yeah. it's like, oh, wait, we shouldn't do all this. And that company, Atlanta's retail credit company, they didn't go away. They took a bit of a PR hit, though. Okay. So it changed its name to Equifax in 1975. Oh, Equifax. And Equifax. Equifax over here telling me my credit needs work. Right. Fucking dicks. <laughs> that company continued to computerize records and later was joined by Experian and TransUnion, which remain as the big three entities for consumer credit reporting. Yep. And not just in the U.S., these are global companies. Equifax operates in 24 countries in North and South America, Europe, and Asia. Okay. And there's other non-consumer credit agencies that are also the big three in the world, Moody's, Standard and Poor's and Fitch. Mm, okay. Heard of them. So that's sort of like a way back history up to now we're in, you know, sixties, seventies. Yeah. So what do you what do you think so far? I thought the fact that that company which caused so much concern, that company which basically documented everything about people, like millions of Americans for sixty years, is just Aquifax. Yeah. They still have all <laughs> that information too, you know. Oh, I'm sure. Somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I Basically, the my thoughts on this are that credit companies have always been horrible, and credit is still terrible in my mind. Yeah. Or I don't mind the idea of company credit in the sense that like I go into Macy's and I'm like, hey, I want to buy this couch. And they're like, well, it's $3,000. And I'm like, cool. How about I give you 10 now and I just keep paying, you know, whatever. Like, okay, I get it if Macy's wants to be like, you know, we're going to just do a quick check on you here just to make sure you pay your debts we're gonna Mm -hmm. make sure it's okay i get that i get that but if i walk in i mean i i don't know i understand credit like if i go into an apartment and they're like we need to check your credit score and it's like okay sure i understand that that's a very quick and simple way to look and see if i have money or pay my debts and you know all that kind of stuff but at the same time it doesn't ever there's no wiggle room on credit there's never like hey yeah i know my credit score is not great I, I do pay it every month and, you know, I have a job and my wife has a job. Like we're not we're going to pay rent. We've never, ever missed a rent payment in our lives. But credit doesn't necessarily reflect that, you know, unless it's really bad. I don't know. It's an interesting thing because when you add nuance to it, I feel like you can make it you know more detached from that stuff. And then you have what we have now, which is a score, which is calculated. And, you know, it's like when you look back at these older things it's like okay well it it was not an exact thing like it is now it was much more informal right yeah 
But at the same time, it was informal in a way that was like, oh, this is a black business. We don't we don't yeah. want to give any money to them. Yeah. So it, it's a weird trade off there. <laughs> I mean, I, I see yeah. what you're saying, but it's like, how do you. And that's why, like, we have laws now where you can't use things. You can't use certain things, obviously, right. because they don't want to make it racist. But by the same time, there's like no wiggle room like you. Right. Want, you know, and we're also at a point now where I don't I don't know if there are legal caps on uh, interest. But like, you know, your, people get credit cards with 30 percent interest, maybe more, mm-hmm. you know, 20 percent. And it's like that's insane. Yeah, I, I get I get it. You're a business and you you need to make money. But 20 <laughs> percent, like if you have a credit card that's got a limit of 10,000 or 20,000 dollars and you use it up because you're a poor millennial who's working gig jobs. So now I've got 10,000 on my credit card. Tack on that 20% interest, which puts me at, what, 12000 And that's only well, going to... Well, that's well it, more. That's only if you paid it if off. If I pay it off right away, which isn't going <laughs> right. to happen. That's a minimum, I should say, of $12,000. Right, but it's, right. I'm not going to pay it off right away. And so I'm going to pay my minimum payment of $100, but then I'm going to get hit with the interest fee, which is like $90. So really, I've just paid $10 or you know whatever. And it's like, right. to me, it's just it's such a greedy system that does not allow for anyone to really work their way out of debt and it's funny because I've been on game shows before out here like I've filmed game shows and they always tell you there are the two times I did it they're like okay when they ask you what are you going to do with the money like what are you like have something fun don't say student loans don't say pay off my debt and it's like yeah but but that's what I'm going to do like I'm going (laughs) to take the money I win if I win any money and that's where it's going like Right. It, you know, we we're like disguising it like everybody's a shiny, happy person who doesn't have debt. But it's like, no, that's it's literally what I'm trying to get money for is to get my ass out of some level of debt. It just feels like it exists in a way now. And that's why I'm all for like, get, you know, eliminating credit card debt for a hot minute, you know, or student debt, like debt that like we're never going to pay off. Or if we do, it's going to, you know, there's a reason that we can't afford houses because we don't have any money left over from all the other bullshit. It's, it's funny you say this thing about a game show. It's like. <laughs> it's like if you if you can't afford bail and they're like oh we're gonna give you some money and they're like but don't say you're gonna just buy, bail yourself out of jail pick, yeah pick something fun to buy <laughs> yeah it's, you're going to france like, or something you're like but but yeah like i need to get out of jail first like yeah. that's not like the other stuff i have to do this first before yep. i could take a trip like yep. i <laughs> i'm still trapped here it's like you have this this enormous weight around your ankles of this mm-hmm. debt and they're like oh spend it on some say something fun and it's yeah. like well I could have a lot more fun if I didn't have to drag this weight around yeah. at, like every day of my life. Also, that's literally the only reason I am playing a game on television to win money <laughs> is so that I can get out of the horseshit debt I'm in. Like I wouldn't be here if I was doing fine. <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. after well, the first one. Fine. I'm there because it's fun. But the second one was like, if I can win playing this stupid ass game, I, I can make some money. I just think it's funny when. Anyone is poor in this country or anywhere else. Wow, one percenter. You think it's funny when people are poor? No, sorry, yes, that is that is clearly <laughs> the end of the sentence. And you like people are like, oh, well, you just you know, you should start a business or you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm. And it's like these same people probably give no shits about like black people and black wealth. And it, it blows my mind that anybody thinks that like black people are not just fucked like every yeah. step of their lives. It's ridiculous. Like we've talked about black wall street and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but this is like a whole, like millions of Americans where it was like, 
okay, you have the Civil War, and then black people have absolutely nothing, just mm-hmm. zero wealth. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe I can get a loan and start a business. And the bank is like, oh, you're black? Oh, don't give them credit. And it's not even just black people. Like you said, like, you know, a lot of this is tied into morality and Christianity. Like, imagine just being Jewish or or anything that wasn't a white Christian, Mm -hmm. right? And it's just, it's insane to me. This is a very clear indication of complete inability to move up you know, yeah. economically in the last hundred years yep. if you weren't a white Christian. Yeah. Because you had no ability to get money. Yeah. You it's know, crazy to me. If I were like a shitty person who owned a bank, so if I were like Jamie Diamond or something, and I owned a bank, I would say if anyone comes in, you know, looking for a loan, and they don't pass, you know, whatever our credit check is or whatever, give them a pair. Because what he owns Chase, right? Well, he's the CEO, CEO of, Chase. of Chase. Exactly. So he can make And I think you called him Jamie Diamond. What is his name? Diamond. D- D- D-I-M-O-N. I like Diamond better because he's a rich piece of shit. I don't have to get his right. name right. Just like Elon Tusk, you know, he can go fuck himself. Uh, I'm not going to say your name right. You have billions of dollars, Jeff Grezos. I'm just going to poorly mispronounce your name and, and not even that. Anyway, that's not the point. If I were Jamie Diamond, okay, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Jamie Diamond. Spend the money and get the D. Um, uh-huh. I would say if, if someone does not pass our credit check. He would need to get the A, too. It's D-I-M-O-N. Oh, is that how he spends it? Di- diamond. Nah, he's rich enough. Diamond. He just needs the D. That's all. He's he needs fine. To, he needs to buy a vowel and a consonant. <laughs> he can say I'm Jamie Diamond, not Diamond. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dimond. Dimond. He just gives himself when he's getting engaged to someone. So what would you do if <laughs> yes, you're Jamie I... Diamond? Excuse me. <laughs> this has gone so far off the rails. I would say if they don't pass it, give them... A Chase branded pair of bootstraps and tell him good luck. Okay. That was a long way. That was a long really way to go joke. for something that did not work. <laughs> <laughs> but we got the Jamie Diamond stuff in there, you know, because he's. Yes. I like Diamond. Anyway. Let's talk about the score. FICO score. Oh, fucking FICO score. Yeah, okay. FICO stands for Fair Isaac Corporation. I don't know if you knew that. I think it's Fuck Ian. Come on. <laughs> Fuck Ian Corporation. Yeah, there you go. It is a data analytics company founded in 1956. So around this time, mm-hmm. we're still still here. They initially worked with businesses. They'd look at their customer files and calculate their customer risk level. Okay. So this is like a thing for business to tell how Almost risky their customer kind of base thing. is. Yeah. Yeah. Then in 1989, they worked with the then few large national credit bureaus, you know, those few ones that are left, mm-hmm. to create a credit scoring model to evaluate all customers. This is the modern idea of the credit score. Gross. It basically became ubiquitous in the 90s when Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac started requiring mortgage applicants to submit their scores. Fucking hate that. That, that, okay, real quick, that is the (laughs) biggest piece of bullshit I think I've ever run into is like if I want to get an apartment, they're like, cool, you need a credit score. And it's like, oh, okay. And they're like, but you got to pay for it. So it's going to be like 30 bucks plus you're going to take a hit on your fucking credit because you did a credit check. Like, why the fuck is checking my credit something that works against my fucking credit? That doesn't make sense. I actually don't know. Yeah, because none of it makes, nobody knows. They're just like, yeah, how do we fuck people more? Oh, you want to know what your credit is? Cool. You're going to take a fucking hit. And I can't go get an apartment and be like, look at my credit (laughs) karma. Look at the score. That's what it is right now. They're like, no, 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 no. You got to pay $50 and take a hit on your credit. Fucking dicks. Right. Sorry. 
Scores range from 300 to 850. Okay. Which is a dumb scale. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Why would you start at 300? I don't know. Probably because they don't want people to have like a one <laughs> credit. But then why wouldn't it go to a thousand? Right. Apparently, depending like if you, or just zero to five hundred. Like I feel like yeah. like I think in certain countries the scale is different, okay. even if it's the same company. Yeah, like Equifax is in all those countries. I think some countries it's different. It's not okay. three hundred to eight fifty. It's like a hundred to a thousand or something. Okay, you get three hundred for just being alive. It's like the, guess, the SATs. Yeah. You know, you get points for writing your name. No, because some people don't have credit, and we'll talk about that. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah. they basically have nothing. Uh, they they'd be going off the grid. Yeah. Which we have an episode on that. We do. Uh, so scores range from 300 to 850, for here at least. Factors such as race, age, gender, and marital status are no longer considered, so they say. It uses five factors. Payment history is the biggest part, 35% of it, and that's whether or not you've paid past credit accounts on time. Right. So that is the big portion Hey, of look, it. I'll take the red on that one because of the student loans, but I don't think the student loan should be in there, in which case I think I'm doing great. Because I've paid the shit out of my credit cards. Amounts owed, 30%. The total amount of credit and loans you're currently using compared to your total credit limit. The more you have, the better, is what I say. This is also known as your utilization rate. Horseshit. Well, yes, the more you have, the better, unless you're actually using it. Right, unless you're actually using it. And then, what's the goddamn point? Right. Anyway, continue. The length of credit history, 15%. So that's the length of time that you've actually had credit. Yeah. And new credit, which is 10%. That's how often you apply for and open new accounts. God forbid you apply for a card, because that'll be a hit, because it's a credit check. 10%. Dicks. And credit mix is the last one. It's also 10%, and that is the variety of credit products you have, including credit cards, installment loans, finance company accounts, and mortgage loans. I have six things here on on my Equifax and my TransUnion. I have... Payment history, credit card use, derogatory marks, credit age, total accounts, and hard inquiries. Uh, that might just be a different way of describing what you just what said. I've had. Okay, but I think okay. it's also um, so derogatory marks. It doesn't include here, but that might be like a separate thing that would obviously severely impact it. I like that for hard inquiries, it says hard inquiries from things like credit applications can stay on your report for up to two years, but their effects fade over time. What to know? Good news. It's temporary ding, and scores usually bounce back in three months. Plan ahead and minimize your hard inquiries at least 9 to 12 months before trying to get a mortgage or a big loan. Fuck you. Yeah, it's, it's an annoying thing with scoring because it's like I understand that you want some indication. Like if somebody starts rapidly applying for a bunch of different stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, the first one, okay, we'll do a small thing. And then if they do it again, it's a small thing. And it's like, okay, this way it lessens the impact if it's like one and if somebody does a bunch, then it will show, right? What, like applies for a bunch of cards? Or right. a bunch of apartments? Right. Oh, God forbid I look at multiple apartments. Well, because you can look at multiple apartments without getting applying for credit for multiple apartments. No, not applying for credit, just applying at those apartments, and then they or, do yeah, a credit sorry, just, check. Uh, I don't mean to say applying for Like, Yes, I'm saying you can you can look at multiple apartments without necessarily applying. Right, but if I like... Score check. Okay. I like this one. I apply, and they're like, ah, you didn't get it. Somebody got in there first. I'm like, damn. I go to another apartment. I'm like, man, I love this apartment. I apply, and they're like, ah, you didn't get it. Somebody else. And then I go to the next one. They're like, ah, you didn't get it. Your credit's too low because you looked at two different fucking apartments. I'm saying I understand. I'm not saying that I think that that's right because we'll get to it, but there's there's an act that requires them to give you a free report once a year, these three entities, these three companies. And I think that the idea was that 
okay, this has now become a ubiquitous scoring thing that affects, like you said, like every aspect of your life. Yeah. Back when Congress cared, they were like, you know, you should allow people to get a free score because you have like a monopoly on this thing that affects everybody. So you can't just rake in money on people. So they did that, but then they never were like, oh, and also you shouldn't ding them just because they're trying to get credit or they're trying to get a house or what or apartment or whatever. Yeah. But so 300 to 499 is very poor. 500 to 600 is poor. 601 to 660 is fair. 661 to 780 is good. 781 to 850 is excellent. In America, about 5% of people are very poor, 21% are poor, 13% are fair, 38% are good, and 23% are excellent. Hmm. 38% are good, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Between good and excellent, it is, what is that, 61%? Wow. Okay. Well, lucky then. Must be boomers. <laughs> when they all die, all the yeah, credit scores Yeah, probably a lot down. of boomers in there. Yeah. For sure. So in 2003, they passed the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act, also called FACTA, and that's okay. the one that requires the big three to give you a free credit report once okay. a year. About 26 million Americans are considered to be credit invisible because they have no credit. I want to be credit invisible. Uh, no, you don't. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to be credit invisible. It is more common among black, Hispanic, and low-income in- individuals, and this whole system and especially if you're credit invisible it tends to reinforce social hierarchies if you're poor Mm -hmm. low scores mean you have to pay larger down payments and higher interest rates because of this you're more likely to default or go into bankruptcy since you have to pay so much and then of course your score is even worse and Mm -hmm. you end up staying poor so it just reinforces what the hierarchy already is this credit system there is an argument that this isn't entirely bad i can't just say this is all awful okay the argument the argument is that before scoring and we talked about it a bit before but before scoring and modernization this was a very informal and arbitrary thing rooted in personal relationships racism religiosity all that stuff yeah and the advent of credit scoring allowed people to purchase big items to improve their lives cars houses big household items furniture etc this whole concept allowed, you know, the purchase of those big things to improve mm-hmm. lives for people who could get them, I mm-hmm. guess. But that is like the one okay thing or two okay things. Scores can often be wrong, too, just as an <laughs> yeah, FYI. I believe, that. I believe that. Errors on credit reports are common. In some cases, financial institutions avoid FCRA protections by using secret in-house rating systems to judge whether to give credit. Didn't somebody, didn't one of them recently get busted for that? Well, so now what you have is a lot of companies, bigger financial institutions and what companies they call fintech companies, Uh they have an algorithm that will tell you, you know, whether someone is more likely to pay back. So glad we have algorithms. they, They basically feed a bunch of data into an algorithm to say whether or not someone is likely to pay you back. Yeah. Now they can't use, they still can't use stuff like race, gender, et cetera, but they can feed a whole lot of information into it to say whether you should, you know, approve a loan. Right. Well, and if you give them the right information, it'll figure out what race you are. There's a great, yeah, exactly. Right. There's a great quote from Time. Though cloaked in algorithmic objectivity, the raison d'etre of the modern credit score is the same as the scrawled reports in those old massive ledgers. 
to determine not just who can repay their debts, but who will choose to do so. To answer this is essentially a moral question. Mm-hmm. So essentially, these algorithms are trying to predict whether mm-hmm. you will pay. Yeah, as They're opposed minority to, reporting us. Yeah, whether you can pay. So, yeah. Like, that's... it. I think the problem with credit, from what I'm gathering here, is it's been, f- at least in this country, in a formal situation, has been flawed from day one. Yeah. In that, like, as soon as somebody was like, let's put this shit down on paper, it was like, cool, how do we exclude minorities? How do we exclude people that are not white Christians? Right. You know, how do we exclude anyone that disagrees with us? How do we prevent the rich from getting poor? And how do we keep the middle class in the middle for a while, but then they get poor? Right. The point being is it's all based on bullshit. And it sounds like the algorithm, like you just said, is doing the exact same fucking thing, but like more, quote unquote, scientifically. Right. It's well, it's 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 tech. It's, it's just a computer. You can't you know, there's all sorts of stuff you can read about the bias of algorithms and the fact that algorithms reinforce bias. And so if you have algorithms determining whether or not you can extend someone credit, then obviously yeah. there's a lot of bias in that system already. And it's just going to reinforce those same biases and not even considering the racist aspect. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that this enforces social hierarchy mm-hmm. because if you are poorer, i.e. if you were born to poorer parents, yeah, it is much harder for you to get credit. And if you get credit, it tends to be more expensive for you to pay it back. So it is harder to actually accumulate wealth. Right. So when it looks at where you live and it's like, oh, you live on in this part of town, which is not right. a wealthy part of town. So, right. oh, and you drive a shitty used car that you haven't had to pay off you know, or like that you you bought used. So there's no car payments, you know, like right. you, all this shit that is bullshit, basically. Uh, right. Fucking sucks. There was a, I don't know if you ever, there was a Trevor Noah stand-up special where he talks about trying to buy a car and not having credit. And it was <laughs> it was pretty amusing. Anyway. there. I just have one bit here. There yeah. is some push by more liberal politicians, people like Bernie Sanders, to make a public credit registry. Okay. To not put this information behind private companies so you could always get your score for free. There's also some push to remove medical debt from credit scores. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Aren't student loans technically not supposed to impact? Um, yes, I believe something? so. I don't know if that's true. It's not. But yeah, well, <laughs> I, I think they should. I think it should be a nationalized thing, or they should. It should be much more heavily regulated. Yeah, because I I hate anything where it's like. Oh, we have the big three companies yeah. that just determine this thing that determines all of your lives, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that I that can't be good, I, you know? No. It's just, like how do you even change anything in that situation? You know, like how do you, you can't anyway? It, uh, yes, agree. It's the same thing with like the big four, like auditing companies, and then mm-hmm. we had like the housing crisis because those big four are basically impervious to ever going out of business, yeah, because they are the big four, right? Right, they're the business. Right. It's the yeah. same thing with Equifax, which was that other company before. It was like, well, it was too yeah. big, so they just changed their name, and they're fine now, and well, now they're... They were the ones that were hacked a couple years ago, right? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Awesome. So maybe some of that 60-year-old data they had was uh, was taken. <laughs> Fuck. So that's credit. credit. That's credit. What do you think? 
I hate it. I hate credit, I feel like I, but I feel like I made you angry. I thought that was very fascinating, some of that, at least. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's definitely interesting how it came to be and what it grew. I mean, I didn't know the history of credit, and yet there's a part of it, too, that's just like, ah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, if you boil it all down, it's like, oh, a bunch of shitty white people did a shitty thing, and now that's the thing that rules the country. Like, that's the just world, where we're really. at. The world, sure, the world, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was very, it's just so funny how it's always, you know, like I said, it's just fun to read about like, oh, there's a public backlash. And so they passed a law and it's just like, oh yeah, that's how things used to work. I forgot. (laughs) And then like, but then the same thing still happens where it's like, oh, the company had like a huge problem and then they just changed their name and they're still around. They're fine. You know, it's like, oh, well that's, that makes me feel comfortable because that still happens. Yeah. When I assume all these companies have lobbyists. Oh, for sure. To make sure that we're all fucked it's the same thing with the taxes how Mm -hmm. you have turbo tax like so you can you know they have a huge lobbying arm so that we have to pay to pay Uh our own fucking taxes Uh you could just pay directly yep so yep that's bullshit uh yeah nothing nothing works anymore we're no god no 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 no. and and the skies are burning where you live so you know (laughs) yeah yep yeah um all right this is benny wants to learn (laughs) (laughs) i'm patrick i'm ian And I learned. See you guys next time. Sorry we ruined the earth, son. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Well, good luck. Canada's on fire and, you know, we all have to suffer, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know why we have children. Yeah. The earth just, is just boiling. I don't, I, you know, what do you, you want know? to do about a kid? I'm just one person. Um, all right. This is what he wants to learn. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>